0: Well, we've given you our top five teams in the country every single week. But here now, at the end of the non-conference schedule, our definitive top five non-conference in the nation.
1: You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only national daily college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shea. Joining me is our other host, Andy Patton, and it is great to be with you coming out of the Christmas holiday. Hope you enjoyed the Locked On Year in Review look back. On Monday, but I know you are just as anxious as we are to get back to the college basketball content today. We've got some fun look ahead stuff at the conference portion of the schedule upcoming. We're going to give you our regular season conference champion picks. We're going to give you our biggest surprises and disappointments of the season. But first, we got to come at you with our top fives. Andy and I are both at non-our normal house locations. He's in a condo, I'm in an Airbnb in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be a holiday miracle blast, Andy. Great to be back together, buddy. Hit me with that top five.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Isaac. Excited to excited to be back recording. Uh, it's always fun to see the the holiday games, even though there weren't a ton of super <laughs> exciting ones this year. Uh, but I think that's all right. It's always good to spend time with family and take a few days off of college hoops. Uh, but True. we're back. We're that's here. Right the Biggs forced fed a game down our, our our
0: our throats on Christmas Day for some yeah. silly reason in the midst yeah. of the NBA schedule and NFL Sunday. What are they doing? Anyway,
1: yeah with you 100% on that. Um <laughs> Yeah. Top five teams. Uh, You know, it's funny. It it hasn't changed all that much again, in part because the last week or so there haven't been a ton of high profile games. We haven't seen a ton of of action that really moved the needle too much for some of those big name programs. Uh, I'm still looking at my top five and I think you have to start you have to start with UConn and Purdue. I think they're they're two of the three undefeated teams that are remaining in the country. We're going to talk a lot more about that third remaining team in a later segment here on today's show. But uh, UConn and Purdue, top two teams in the country for me. I do think there's a reasonable argument to switch the order. Uh, For me, I'm still having UConn first. I don't think that they have done anything to not deserve that number one spot. Uh, They've just been fantastic all season long. Really balanced scoring attack. Just a really, really deep, Talented team that has continued to impress throughout the season and should continue to impress even, you know, as they get more into the meat of their big East Conference schedule. I think this is just a a really, really solid program. Uh, Like I said, Purdue second, Zach Eady, of course, fantastic. Uh, The the guards on that team have really stepped up and and been phenomenal this year. I'm curious to see. We've seen them slip a little bit, have some kind of struggles uh, in some of their regular season games, but by and large, I think this is still a really dangerous team. And they may not finish the season in the top five or even the top 10. Uh, if, if some things get, get a little haywire in conference play, but right now they deserve it. That's, that's where they deserve to be right now. Uh, I, I rounded out with Houston and Kansas three and four uh, Houston again, obviously slipped a little bit with that lost Alabama, Uh, But a really, really solid defensive squad. A team that I think is finding their way offensively. Terrence Arsenault has stepped up. Jarris Walker has been just incredible for that program. At Kansas, Bill Self, his program, they've been they've been really good as well. I think they sometimes get a bit just under the radar, especially even as defending champs, they kind of get almost they're not getting as much media attention this year. But they're a a really, really solid squad. And then I had a hard time with the top five. I had those four were pretty much locked in, and I was ready to go. And I think there's about four or five. different teams I'd be willing to put fifth the team I landed on is Texas and Texas is a really hard team to kind of pin down right now obviously they have some significant off the court stuff going on with Chris Beard and that is going to take a toll on the team it took a toll on them in that game against Rice shortly after uh, the news came out about his domestic violence situation so uh, that makes them a little bit trickier I also I'm optimistic about Texas long term in part because I think that some of their young guys haven't even reached their full potential Dylan Mitchell being a, a A big part of that obviously for them and i think there's still some room for potential growth for a team that has already looked fantastic this year but i think there are some other really like arizona's right in that conversation for me i think ucla is right in that conversation and i think tennessee's right there too i think there's four teams that kind of deserve the top four and then four other teams kind of vying for that fifth spot
0: oh yeah man that's great stuff Andy and, and mine is going to be very similar to yours I've made a couple slight adjustments as I've had time to reflect during the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and so uh, I'll bring a couple things there number one I'm, I'm right with you keeping UConn at the top I know that doesn't reflect the AP rankings right. but you and I both love this team so much yeah I think part of why I stay so in on them is Uh, For example, I'm bumping Purdue, I'll go ahead and say it, down to Mm -hmm. third this week. Part of it is just the lack of depth behind Zach Mm Eady, which is part of why I love UConn, because behind Adama Sinogo is Donovan Klingon, this freshman, who is just having a fantastic year. And so you just think about front court drop-off if Sinogo goes to the bench with with Mm -hmm. injury or foul trouble, and there's just not much drop-off. And so that gives me a lot of faith in this Huskies team. I have decided to move Houston back into my number two slot through no fault of, of Purdue. Um, it's just thinking about it and trying to not be a prisoner of the moment. Um, that Houston-Bama game is a phenomenal mid-December college basketball game that I think does nothing to diminish what I still feel about Houston, who, by the way, is still number one at Ken Palm right now. And so I actually bumped Houston back up to number two this week. As I said, I've got Purdue number three. Um in addition to me not being fully sold on like, hey, what happens to them if Zach Eady has mm-hmm. any issues? Another thing is, as I think about that backcourt, they've been really solid, but they're heavily reliant on true freshman guards and Fletcher Lawyer yeah. and Braden Smith. And that like I was just thinking like, hey, is we getting a big 10 play? I'm a little concerned about that, honestly, and some of these other guards who might be able to exploit that. Not to mention the computers do not love Purdue as much as the human element. I believe they're seventh right now at Ken Palm, at least last time I checked. Um, I've got Kansas in the exact same spot as you, Mm -hmm. number four. What a story for Bill Self, losing so much off that national championship team. I don't know how many times I've said this college basketball season. Uh, Mm -hmm. They had to have a massive grow up, uh, blow up mm-hmm. from Jalen Wilson. And yeah. boy, has he done it. Absolutely. He has been but huge. All uh, well, right, right? Like, it's insane. But I think part, maybe even bigger than that for me, is I think Grady Dick was undervalued by recruiting mm-hmm. services. Um, he's been very yeah. consistent. And then look at that point guard position, man. Wagner might mm-hmm. be the most undervalued true playmaking point guard in the nation. I just Mm. think they have all the right pieces to do what you need to do both in big 12 play and then going forward. So I've got them number four. And then um, for some of the reasons you enumerated, I love Texas's roster. I just need, I'm, got a hold on them right now mm-hmm. until we see how, you know, as you alluded to more news came out this week from Chris Beard's fiance. Yeah. So we'll just wait to see there. But I actually um, am keeping Arizona at number five this mm-hmm. week. I, I just, you talk again about front court depth. I like yeah. that a little backcourt concern for me, but I think ultimately yeah. uh, Kur Crease can can do the job necessary mm-hmm. And then as, as uh, you do, I've got some other teams just outside that threshold. Um, UCLA, actually, I'm yeah. a little bit higher on probably than a lot mm-hmm. of people. They are one of only two teams in Ken Palm's top 11 in offensive and defensive efficiency. UConn being the other. UCLA yeah. is top 11 in both of those metrics. So I'm all in on them And uh, Alabama and Tennessee are another schools for me, just right outside that top grouping.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love the UCLA pick, for sure. I, I, Jalen Clark has stepped up in a massive way for that team. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do for the rest of the year. I was just going to say, a couple teams that I had been higher on that I'm actually
0: going to start moving down a little bit uh, is Arkansas. Um, one Not through any on-court things they've done, but uh, Trevon Brazil, you know, we know is out. Um, and then now there's question marks, and Nick Smith is back out with the injury. I'm just like... I was already concerned with Brazil being out, but man, yeah, okay. if Nick Smith is not able to consistently be in this lineup this season, I don't know how they hold up in a strong SEC. And then another, and I know we both share this sentiment, and, and we might talk about it more later, but is is Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, just guys that need to be big time aren't being big time. There's just right. a lot of concern I have for the Wildcats. So that's a, a couple
1: teams I've moved down this week. We kind of touched on it perfectly, Isaac, as we get into the second segment here. But uh, we're, we're going to get into conference play. we got to take a look at which teams have been the biggest surprises this year, uh, which teams have been the biggest disappointments. I again, kind of touched on a few of them right there. Uh, before we get there, though, this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post, so why not give it a try? Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You want to finish the year strong and the right new hire can help you do just that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Don't forget those terms and conditions, Andy Patton. You gotta keep those in mind. <laughs> Well, folks, for those of you who checked out our show on Monday, you saw that it was a year in review for the Locked On Sports Today podcast. So for your second listen today, you should check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's fantastic. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, Mr. Isaac Shade, we are talking surprises and disappointments obviously it has been a bit of a wild year in college basketball when your number one and number two ranked teams in the preseason (laughs) both fall out of the top 15 pretty early in the year Uh, that is a pretty good indication uh, that things have gone a little bit haywire your number one and number two teams I believe began the season unranked or certainly at least outside of the top 20 uh, for those two teams Isaac I want to start with you and I want to hear who you have as your biggest surprise or surprise team's to start the season.
0: Well, yeah, to that point you just made, Andy, we've hit so much, and even on today's show already, about mm-hmm. UConn and Purdue. It'd be silly for them not to be our biggest surprises, but we've already given <laughs> them so much love that I want to point out another team. Another one that I uh, clearly am very high on is Arizona, yeah. who started the the year preseason in the teens. But I want to talk about a team that I don't believe I've talked about as a nice surprise, which is mm-hmm. Jim Laraniega's Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes are all the way up to 14th in the nation this week. They're 12 and one they're three and oh in the ACC I believe the only three and zero team in the ACC because they're the only team that's played three games in the ACC <laughs> um, but uh, got their biggest win of the season last week they beat Virginia on their home floor um, Isaiah Wong has been absolutely sensational 17.2 points a game four and a half assists and 1.8 steals Nigel Pack, all that money he's getting, he's been mm-hmm. okay. But when <laughs> when I stick in the backcourt, Jordan Miller mm-hmm. has been better for me. Listen to this, 14.8 yeah. points, six rebounds, 1.9 assists, 1.3 steals. You love that, what it's bringing. But uh, perhaps the one that is being most un- unsung is it can't just be the backcourt. And Miami's mm-hmm. getting great play in the front court. From Arkansas State transfer, no, no, excuse me, Norchad Omir, who yeah. is at like nearly averaging a double double, 13 and a half points, 9.8 rebounds, 1.4 blocks. And so just giving, excuse me, the Hurricanes a really, really nice floor balance and uh, being able to do things that allow them to compete. And so for me, they have moved their way into that upper tier. Like for me, it's a top four right now in the ACC, along mm-hmm. with the Hurricanes, uh, also Virginia, North Carolina and Duke their only loss is to Maryland on a neutral court yeah listen I'm I'm not concerned about that at all no bad losses so far for Miami so really interested to see what they do moving into ACC play Andy what about you who is your biggest non-conference surprise so far
1: yeah, you know, I think for me, we got to talk about the third and final undefeated team. We talked about UConn, we've talked about Purdue, uh, and over the last week or so, we we went from like 11 or 10 teams left to eight to five, and now we're down to just three. Three teams left uh, that don't have a loss in the loss column, of course, UConn-Purdue. Third up is the New Mexico Lobos in the Mountain Yay. West Conference. They are 12-0 and this season. They are now ranked 22nd in the most recent AP poll. That is their first time being ranked since the 2013 2014 season. It's been a decade uh since the last time New Mexico was a ranked team. And of course, this isn't a program that is like consistently always ranked, so it's not as shocking to see them, you know, sure. go a long period of time. But this is a team that was they weren't that great in the in the Mountain West last year. And so there wasn't a ton of optimism that this is a team that you know, I think there was some expectation that they would be better than they were last year. And certainly the Mountain West is a conference that tends to have one or two teams at the top and then about five or six teams kind of all mashed in the middle. They kind of contend uh, to be towards the top there. And New Mexico has really separated themselves in a tremendous way this season. I don't know that they are definitively the best team in the Mountain West from a pure talent perspective. Sure but they're there right now you know they're, they're in that conversation obviously San Diego State's in that conversation as well we've seen UNLV very recently one of the last remaining undefeated teams exactly. as well uh but for this New Mexico squad I mean they got wins over St. Mary's which is a, a great win a win over oh, San Francisco yeah. who we were talking <laughs> offline about their recent just destruction yeah. of Arizona State uh they have a win over Rick Patino and Iona they have a win over SMU like not any f- incredible elite wins necessarily but St. Mary's has been ranked at times this this year, San Francisco picked up a vote in the AP poll this past week. Like they're not slouches by any stretch of the imagination. And for me, what I love about this new Mexico team is they kind of, They had a lot of talent on last year's roster, and they managed to maintain said talent, which is Mm. not easy to do in the modern era. And then they kind of just supplemented their roster with some more talent. They have three players who are currently averaging over 16 points per game. I didn't look up how many teams in the country have three players at over 16 per game, but I'm going to guess that it's not very many. That is a pretty (laughs) unusual uh, statistic to have. Uh, Jamal Mashburn is returning. Jamal Mashburn Jr., I should say, made me feel very old every time I see his name out there. Jalen House also returning. Those two guys were incredible last year. Big parts of what this program did. And again, they maintained both those guys. They didn't move on to Power Five programs. And they brought in Morris Udezi, who comes from Wichita State, grad transfer. He's their leading scorer. Those three guys absolutely killing it and then they make a smaller addition uh josiah alec from kansas city uh he's averaging about nine points eight and a half rebounds per game a really good glass cleaner six foot (laughs) eight senior tenacious rebounder it's just like the perfect moves in the transfer portal to be able to keep the roster intact add supplementary pieces around the guys that they already have in a conference like the mountain west where a lot of teams are, are fairly evenly evenly split in terms of talent like there's not a huge discrepancy uh, that's how you go from 6th to 3rd and 6th to 3rd in the Mountain West you know puts you in line to be a tournament team and now we're looking at a team that's undefeated top 25 ranked program like this this is a fantastic turnaround for New Mexico
0: Big time. Love that for the Lobos. Uh, so, Andy, now we turn our attention to some teams that uh, we thought more highly of that have been some disappointments. I think, yep. as you alluded to earlier in the show, we could have easily gone with Gonzaga or North Carolina here. However, mm-hmm. both these teams have kind of rebounded at this point and yes. are moving back up in the mm-hmm. polls. And so, for me, I've got to go with another team that was preseason top 10 that has had a much worse fate than either the Bulldogs yeah. or Tar Heels, and that is the Creighton Blue Jays, who after starting off 6-0 were preseason top 10, lost six in a row. Now, all six mm-hmm. of those, no bad losses really, all the top 100 Ken Palm teams, but it's just mm-hmm. like once it started rolling, the snowball yeah. was going, and, and it's just hard for a team that preseason, I was saying, was the Big East preseason champion. We know... Uh, you know, and it was like, but not Villanova. Well, that part's probably still true. It's just, uh, <laughs> whatever,
1: um,
0: yeah. and so with, with Creighton, the computer's still like them. They're 24th at Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, for me, the issue is role definition. I feel like yeah. there's too many got like, they bring in Baylor Shireman, but there's just too many people trying to do that exact same thing. And so mm-hmm. I think hopefully... Uh, Coach McDermott is going to sit down, write out some New Year's resolutions and uh, figure out how to get some role definition for this team heading in to Big East play. They start a stretch right now where they have seven straight games against teams ranked in the Ken Palm top 80 as they really get into Big East play. And that kind of ends like right at the end of January. So I'm really curious to see right now. uh, Creighton's picked up two wins since that six game losing streak. So sitting at eight and six. Where are they after this mm-hmm. seven game streak? And I think we'll know a lot more about the blue Jays come February, but uh, they got to do some work in January to get back into the right side of the, the postseason conversation.
1: What about you, Andy? Yeah, I, I, Creighton's a great pick there, and, and I picked a team that I think has has a bit of a similar vibe to that, and that is the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I was initially going to go with Kentucky here, and we have talked about Kentucky and some of their struggles on this podcast a handful of times. And ultimately, when I was starting to look into Kentucky's resume, I was like, "Well, they got a win over Michigan," and then I was like, "Well, what, what about Michigan? Like, let's, do, <laughs> let's take a look at the Wolverines." And kind of, you know, I remembered that they got beat quite badly by Arizona State early in the year, uh, a loss that you know, started to look like maybe it wasn't so bad of a loss. Now it looks like not as good of a loss. Either way, they got beat by 25 points, which is never, ever good. Uh, The other teams they lost to, by no stretch of the imagination, are they bad. It is Virginia. It is Kentucky. It is North Carolina. So you can't punish them too heavily for having these – Decent losses on their schedule, but for a team that was expected to to be a you know top twenty, top potentially fifteen team in the country, to have the the loss that stands out against Arizona State, the three other losses just doesn't look great. They also struggled pretty mightily against Eastern Michigan. That was a really fun game where it looked like Damani Bates was going to single handedly (laughs) carry Eastern to a win over Michigan. Uh, The team also struggled a bunch against Ohio. I think they only won that game by four. Uh, They will. Single digit victory over Lipscomb. So they've just had some real challenges. Uh, the Jalen Llewellyn injury really hurt them, and, yep. and I think yep. it, it's hard to. You don't want to bash a team for having a, a significant injury be a big part of what it's has so has to the team. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, like the depth hasn't stepped up, and maybe it will. The injury is still relatively fresh; they still got uh, you know a lot of time to turn things around. But uh, the issues with this team are not offensively. The issues with this team are defensively. They're a good shooting team. Hunter Dickinson has been Hunter Dickinson. Like they're they're finding their way on that side of the ball, but. Ken Palm has them ninety fourth in the country defensively. If you want to be a top twenty five team, top twenty team, if you want to compete uh, for a conference championship, like you you can't you can't struggle that much on the defensive end of the floor. And we've seen some inconsistency on that side. We've seen them let other teams get really hot again. Arizona State dropped eighty seven on them earlier in the year. They're not generating a lot of turnovers. Five and a half steals per game is outside the top three hundred in the country that is not getting it done if you're not getting steals you're not getting takeaways uh, and then of course one of the things that seems to always down teams uh, when you look at teams that are underperforming earlier in the year free throw percentage and and Michigan has been really horrendous from the free throw line as a team they're shooting 67% just yes. under 67% actually just to twist the knife a little <laughs> bit more there uh, 293rd Ooh. in the country for Michigan so uh, you're looking at their schedule they don't play a, a, as of right now they don't play another ranked opponent until january 26th that is you know purdue so that's going to be a pretty challenging one but i think that that's a little disingenuous when looking at their schedule they also have maryland and a road game at michigan state which is really difficult a road game at iowa Uh, they play maryland twice in that stretch of time and maryland you know previously ranked opponent obviously a good squad Um, mixing michigan or excuse me minnesota penn state central michigan in there as well so some opportunities to potentially move up up and and gain some big wins here but uh, by and large this is a team that that hasn't been what we wanted them to be early in the year and with Llewellyn out uh, it's going to be tough for him to reach that threshold yeah we will
0: have to keep our eyes on Juwan Howard's team Jet man if if his son Jet can get it really going and find some consistency that would be massive he is a big time player well Andy We, as we move into conference portion of the schedule, we want to make some picks now that we know a little bit more about these teams for our regular season conference champions. We're going to do that in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. Listen, you're hanging out with some friends. It's the holiday season. Everyone's putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think, you know what? I could call for a ride, but I live pretty close nearby. I'll be fine. It's no big deal. What are the odds I'm going to get pulled over anyway? And even if I do, what's the worst that can happen? My my insurance goes up or I lose my license or I could lose my job or total my car or worse yet, kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out on the roads right now looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So as we move into the new year in just a few days and the big kickoff to the conference portion of the schedule, what Andy and I want to do is give you our picks for the regular season champion for the power five conferences, as well as the Big East. We're just going to take these in alphabetical order, starting with the ACC and then going to the big 12. I know T comes after E of big East, but you know what? It's the numeral 12. It's not spelled out. That's why it works that way. Andy, who do you have in the Atlantic Coast Conference?
1: Yeah, for me, it's a a four-team race. I think probably more like a three-team race, potentially. I'm not quite sure, as much as Miami has been an impressive team this year. I'm not quite sure that they're in that conversation uh, just over the course of the full ACC slate. Uh, So for me, it's going to really come down to, of course, the two of the teams that it often comes down to, Duke and North Carolina, and then, of course, Virginia ends up being in that conversation as well. Uh, I think the biggest factor is really how Duke's freshmen who have been you know, Kyle Filipowski has been great. Other than that, they've had some issues there. If those guys can kind of step up and become who Duke freshmen often end up becoming, then I think <laughs> Duke's probably your 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 favorite there. But I'm going to take Virginia. I think that Tony Bennett's done a fantastic job with the squad that he has this year. And ultimately, I think that they're the best team in the conference. But uh, it's it's going to be a tough one with a couple teams at the top there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Miami, I think they are top four. They're going to be one of those ACC double buys for the conference tournament. I just don't Mm -hmm. think they have the talent right now to compete with those top three. I think that's a great call on your part. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, until Derek uh, Whitehead and Derek Lively start being what they need to be, I just I just don't see it for Duke, especially in John Shire's first year. Yeah. Over the course of a regular season, anyway, conference tournament, absolutely, I would buy mm-hmm. on them, mm-hmm. but not over the course of the regular season. I don't think Mr. Roach is a talented enough guard to do it. Yeah. Um, it. If it was still the Roy Williams era, I would actually pick Virginia over North Carolina, but in Hubert Davis's first year. Uh, at the helm for the Tar Heels, they kind of throttled Virginia in both regular season matchups. And so for that reason, and with the experience of this team, um, interestingly, Hubert Davis put leaky black on Kihei Clark in those games, which yeah. is pretty funny to see 6-9 on like five ten. Um, but it completely took Virginia out of their game. Beast Reekman, uh, excuse me, Beast Reekman, Reese Beekman is a little banged up right now. Yeah. And so until he's healthy I'm not sure Virginia's at full strength. So as of right now I'm going to go ahead and stick with my preseason projection of the Tar Heels. Andy, Big 12.
1: Yeah, Big 12 is 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 such a such a dynamic, such a fun conference. There's so many options that it could be here like it's weird to be looking at the notes and like we're not even talking about Baylor <laughs> and it's like yeah, right? is a team that like should be in this conversation and and does deserve to be to an extent in this conversation. But uh, you know, there's just so much talent at the top of the big 12. I'm still sticking with Kansas bill self seems to find ways to win the big 12 nearly every single season. Of course, they're the uh, defending champions. You mentioned Grady Dick earlier and the job that he has done as a true freshman. We talked about Jalen Wilson and the, the kind of, Glow up that he has had uh, in, in a much needed season for them. I think it's going to be a gauntlet this year. I think uh, certainly Texas is going to be a huge issue. Uh, and we talked a little bit about what's going on with them right now and how that could impact them potentially. Uh, TCU in that conversation as well. Uh, and of course, Baylor, I, I think they still have some issues they need to figure out in the front court. Uh, They're not getting a lot of scoring in the front court. The backcourt is being relied on a little bit too heavily. But I think all those teams have just enough warts that I'm going to lean towards Kansas. But I'm not going to pretend this is the one I'm the most confident about. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I enumerated all the reasons I believe in Kansas earlier.
0: I'm going to go with them. If Mm -hmm. if Texas gets things figured out with Chris Beard, I'm in Mm -hmm. on that. TCU, as you said, is kind of coming back from some of those early season issues, some injury things getting healed up. And uh, I really believe in that Baylor backcourt. Probably, I've, I've said all season, the best three guard lineup in the nation. They really need front court help. Maybe Jonathan Chama Chachua can get back and be ready to help them out long term. But right now, for me, it's still very much Kansas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, moving on to the Big East. Like, I don't even know if we need to spend time on this one, Andy, because I think we could just go, hey, one, two, three. Yep. UConn, right? Like, there U- we go. go. And so let's move right on to the big 10. Uh, Andy,
1: who you got? Yeah, big, T- big 10 is, is much more difficult. Uh, I'm I, you know, it's the I, hardest I, one for me. Yeah, yeah, it's the hardest one for me too. because because I'm not that confident in Purdue. Uh, yes. I think that they're the, the pick right now. Uh, obviously, they're undefeated. They've beat some really good teams. Zach Eadie's playing like the best player in college basketball. Uh, we we kind of alluded earlier in the conversation to some of the issues with consistency from their guards and, and the youth of some of their guards and, and what happens if Zach Eadie's not on the floor. And, yeah, he played, uh, you know, he's been playing 30-ish minutes per game this year, but that wasn't the case last year. If there's any kind of, you know, issue with that going forward, some There's issue. no Travion Williams. <laughs> exactly, no Travion Williams is, is an issue for them. But looking at some of the other teams, I'm like, yeah, Ohio State. I think they make sense as the pick. They're the I think they're the second best team right now. Ken Palm has them second. I'm not in love with what they're bringing to the table either. Is I, I think they're good. I think they're fine. But I don't necessarily think they're better than Purdue, uh, Indiana. I, I'm a little concerned about some of the injury stuff with them. Uh, how Hood Shafino, you know what he's been able to do. Trace Jackson Davis has been, of course, very very good, but can he carry a team to a big 10 conference championship without some of those secondary pieces? Probably not. Uh, I weirdly kind of like Wisconsin as a bit of a dark horse pick ooh, ooh, here, ooh, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not picking them to win it. I, that's not my actual prediction. Sure, I sure. picked, they could be a, a significant spoiler. And and honestly, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't completely stun me. Uh, if Chucky Headburn somehow just carried that team all the way to a big 10 championship, I'm going to say Purdue But, again, I I don't feel exceptionally confident in that either.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing is preseason it felt like the Big East – or excuse me, Big Ten had no elite teams. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they did. Now I'm back out on that again. I think it's all like a bunch of like 15 to 40-ish teams uh, if we're talking national level. Everything you just said, I'm with you. I'm going to go with Ohio State as my pick. Zed Key is an underrated, undersized – Big, I love freshman Bryce Sensabaugh. Folks, keep your eyes on this kid. He is phenomenal. And so I'm actually going to go with the Buckeyes as my pick.
1: Andy, heading out to the West Coast Pac-12. You know, for me, I'm taking Arizona. Uh, It's between Arizona and UCLA. Those are the two teams that it's between. I'm There's not really a strong third team right now. Arizona State looked like they they might kind of be in that conversation, but I don't know that they were ever realistically – going to compete with either of those two teams. Oregon has had significant injury issues. They've also had underperformance issues uh, with a handful of their veteran guys. So for me, it's, it's down to Arizona, UCLA. I would pick those two over the field tremendous landslide yes. uh, to be quite honest um, hmm. but I'm taking Arizona and I think it's really close Jaime Jaquez is fantastic yeah. again we mentioned Jalen Clark has stepped up in a big way uh, they don't really have the front court to compete with Arizona's front court right. uh, Azulis Tubelas has been fantastic Umar Ballo uh, has been a really really nice piece for Tommy Lloyd's squad uh, and yeah the guard play is a bit of an issue Courtney Ramey hasn't quite you know, assimilated as well as I think there was some hope that he would. Kirk Kresa has been inconsistent, but I think that that guard play is going to get better. And I'm not as confident about UCLA's front court, uh, although they have some really young pieces there as well. So it's going to be a a really good battle between those two teams, but I'm taking Arizona.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I'm right with you. If, for example, you talked about the youth of UCLA, like if Amari Bailey, Amari Mm -hmm. Bailey can get going, Mm -hmm. maybe so right for Mick Cronin's team. But I just I think here's what's going to be interesting. It's not about how they perform against each other. It's do both of these teams consistently take care of business against the the rest of the the conference who's not good, frankly. And so it's like basically like um you you gotta perform against the teams you're supposed to beat and split against the other top two team. And I think Mm -hmm. whoever is more consistent in that way is the team that comes out with it. And for me, that's the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, just what Tommy Lloyd has done these first two years is nothing short of insane. The McHale center is a great home home court advantage for them. And uh, I I just, I'm with you. I think they take it away. SEC, Andy, for me, this is the second hardest one to pick behind the big 10.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now and I'm kind of thinking about the top teams here, trying to think about this and yeah, there's, there's four or five different teams. I think you could reasonably make an argument for here. Uh, The team that is fourth, In Ken Palm right now is the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think that they're maybe going to be my pick here. Uh, It's between two teams for me. It's either Alabama or Tennessee. Yeah. it's odd that it's not Kentucky. Uh, obviously, Kentucky, fantastic program. Uh, they've had some significant issues this year offensively. Uh, and, and I just, they maybe they'll find the, their rhythm. They'll have a really nice conference season. I could see that, but I can't pick them to win right now. Arkansas, obviously, dealing with some significant injuries. Uh, Auburn has always been a little bit more of a pretender. Sorry to our fearless leader, Zach Blackerby, but uh, I'm not sure I believe them necessarily in this conversation. Uh, but for me, it's Tennessee and it's Alabama, and I think I'm going to take Tennessee, but it's really close between those two teams. I
0: like it. Yeah, it's been cool to see some of these undefeated. Mississippi State and Auburn, as you said, go undefeated for so long. I think it's a little bit of fool's gold with both of those teams. I'm with you. It's weird to not have Kentucky in the top two. There Mm -hmm. just hasn't been enough growth If, if they can do that, and it's not because of youth like normal with Kentucky. That's the other weird thing. It's like the veterans aren't taking the steps they need to with Arkansas. I I, I said this earlier, I would be in on them, but just the injury stuff. And so it comes down to Tennessee and Alabama for me, I'm leaning the other way from you. I just, I haven't seen Tennessee do enough consistently offensively early this year. Um, I I need to see more consistently from Vescovy, right. And uh, those kind of things. Um, So if, if Phillips, you know, the, the great freshman, if he can really, really do it, but For me, it's Alabama. There's always the question of the up and down with three-point shooting, but their defense is back to a high, high level this year, and so I'm all in on NATO squads. I love Mr. Miller, that sensational freshman. Right now, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is our national freshman of the year. Give me the Crimson Tide to win the SEC.
1: Love it. Love it. I think it's a great pick. I think it's it's going to be a, a nice battle between those two teams and, and really a handful of teams in the SEC. Well, Isaac, we are done. With the most mostly done with the non-conference schedule, we're getting into conference play. It's a really exciting time in the college basketball season. I want to thank all of you who have made Locked On College Basketball your first listen of the day today. For your second listen, again, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That is also where you can find the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. If you have not found us on YouTube, just go to YouTube, search Locked On College Basketball, hit that big red subscribe button. It is very much appreciated. we got a ton more great content coming your way this week, so check it out all here. For now, peace out.